With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, everyone. This is your call to worship. Today is April 16th, 2022, the third Saturday of April, and we celebrate Easter today. Greetings on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Milton Black. Welcome to Refuge from the Storm Church, a ministry of hope, encouragement, and purpose. We seek to serve targeted individuals in North America and around the world. To our regular members, our new listeners and guests, thank you for spending a portion of your Saturday with us. Your presence is very important to us, and thank you for coming. We pray that something that is said or done today will encourage you. Draw near to God and God will draw near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord and God will exalt you. Remember, God is fighting your battles, arranging things in your favor, making a way even when we don't see it. Our serving team today is Brother Bob Pierce, Zoom moderator. Sister Cheryl Miller Harvey will serve today as our minister of music. She will also offer the altar prayer. Pastor Millicent will deliver the priest's word. Sister Greta Ayers will offer the invitation to discipleship. Today, as it is the Easter, we celebrate Easter, we will be offering the Lord's Supper. So sometime before we arrive at that point in the service, please gather your elements of a piece of bread or cracker and cracker piece of bread or cracker, and water, juice or wine. Pastor Millicent will offer our Holy Communion. We ask all of you to pray in your daily prayers for Refuge from the Storm Church members, the Worldwide Church, our families and friends, TIs around the world, and advocacy and activist groups. Pray for the loved ones of those who have died from targeting from the coronaviruses and from other catastrophic illnesses. Please also pray that all government officials be moved by the Holy Spirit to discern the will of God and to do it and not do their will. Pray for world peace. Pray for all all refugees, for all of the, the Ukrainian refugees, especially and the Russian people who are suffering under their dictatorial regime. Thank you for your attention. Now let us listen to a praise and worship song. After that, I will lead you through the rest of the worship service. As a friendly reminder, please mute your phone if there's any background noise where you are by pressing star six. Be blessed. Well, glory to God. Can you all hear me? Yes. 
Praise God. Praise God. Last night I, I was talking and everyone could hear me and then suddenly no one could hear me. And I found out that my internal microphone had been exchanged for the external microphone on last night remotely. But praise God, we are here this day. Hallelujah for this Holy Saturday. Yesterday was Good Friday. Today is called Holy Saturday. And tomorrow is called Resurrection Day. We are so grateful to God for the great things that he has done for us and in us and through us. And it's all because of Jesus Christ. And for that, we are thankful. Last night, for those of you who attended the Seven Last Words of Christ, uh, we had a guest psalmist, Mrs. Mary Jane Coleman, sang for us. And, and at the end of the service, I said, Miss Mary Jane, would you please sing a little bit of Redeemer, please? And I explained to the rest of the congregation that Mrs. Coleman is the mother of Nicole C. Mullins, whose song we just heard. And we heard Nicole singing that song. What a blessing she is to us and what a blessed family they are. I think all of them can sing, but they use their voices to give glory to God. I give honor to the blessed Trinity on this Holy Saturday, the day before the official celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I join Elder Carolyn in welcoming you and thanking you for your presence here today. And for those of you who attended last night and those who participated, you all, we were so blessed by the seven last words of Christ. Sister Cheryl and Elder Carolyn did marvelous jobs and represented us well as they shared from the scripture. So I, I'm gonna, gonna pray some more for Cheryl and I sent Elder Carolyn a little warning this morning. <laughs> and we'll look forward to hearing more from the two of them. I hope that you will be encouraged and challenged during the service today. I know I am. And gee, I, I'm challenged in some physical ways uh, to, gee, just to sometimes maintain the joy of the Lord. But that is my strength. And so I have to fight for it. It is with delight that I say thank you to the ministry team and to our advisors, as well as to Minister Pamela and Terrence Wilson, those who make up our church leadership, both for last night's particip participation and for your support in every service as we work together to remind the world that salvation is still free in spite of inflation and threats of rationing, and that there is still hope in serving a living and alive God. Please be reminded that the Zoom hosts are instructed to mute and unmute as necessary to maintain the reverence of the service. Now, I want to just point out that we are worshiping today from all around these United States. We came together by Zoom, some by phone, but we're still here from all over the United States, from California to Maryland, from Texas to Ohio and Kentucky and Washington State, Delaware to Tennessee, and even Canada is represented here today. And I would dare to say that by months in, many other countries will have participated in this Holy Saturday service 
as they come to our website to listen and be blessed by the message and the service. Our scripture today is coming from the book of Colossians chapter one. I'm gonna read a couple of passages, verses 13 and 14, and then verses 19 through 22. Verse 13 reads, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Sins, not just one, but there's an S on there. And verse 19 reads, for it pleased the father that in him all the fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Let us pray. Loving God and God of the resurrected Christ, we come this morning thanking you this afternoon. God, for the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us, we thank you, oh God, for the sunshine. We thank you for the budding and blooming dogwood trees, God, that have the blossoms that are so beautiful and so beautifully remind us of the crown of thorns on Jesus's head and the nail scarred feet and hands, oh God, that held Jesus on a tree. We thank you, God, today for hearts that have come this afternoon ready to praise and worship and honor you, the living God and Jesus, your son, who is alive forevermore. We thank you, God, for rolling back the stone that held Jesus in the tomb, oh God, and because of that, the, the stone has been rolled away, oh God, that would have held us in a death from which we could never escape. We thank you, Father, that you did not forget to be our Father and to send us the blessing of a substitute, oh God, one who paid a debt that he did not owe because we owed a debt that we could not pay. Now, Lord, bless your word, God. Speak life to our hearts and to our minds, oh God. Breathe on us, Holy Spirit. Father God, increase the anointing in our lives that yokes may be destroyed and burdens will be removed. Thank you, oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of the message this afternoon is the blessing of peace with God. The blessing with peace of peace with God. And then there's a subtitle, The Power of the Blood on the Cross. The Power of the Blood on the Cross. Now, I have been, since the end of December, tying my subject titles to the word blessed or blessing. And that's because I have endeavored to remind us of the many ways that God has provided for us. And because he has, we're blessed. 
we don't have to feel like it. Just know that it is. Just like salvation, we just accept that we're blessed because God says we are. We have his light within us. We have his name upon us. We have the blessing of the blood of Jesus and the safety that comes from our ability to call on the name of Jesus. We are blessed. We are blessed with the heart of God pumping blood throughout our bodies. And we see through eyes that without which we would be blind. We hear through ears without which we would be deaf. We walk on legs and feet without which we could move without assistance. We're blessed. We're blessed today because our sins are forgiven past, present, and future. My ex-husband used to say, my sin, my past is forgiven and my present today makes sense. And my future is secure because of Jesus. It's all because of Jesus. So as we look at the blessing of peace with God, I looked for, I'm always looking for examples. I'd like to make the message relevant. And so I'm always looking for examples of ways to relate our, 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 our message to today, to events and, and, and things that are going on in the world that we are familiar with. And so I, I, I just kind of ask myself questions and then I run out to the internet to see what an answer would be would look like people are credited with all kinds of acts of bravery and courage by those who are saved as a result of their actions and so i began to look to see what kind of actions get people thank make the people thankful enough to go back and say thank you and i began to think of these things on my own like they were saved from a burning building and so the firemen are given hugs and thanks. They're saved from a car crash. So the jaws of life is even credited with this saving. And so are are the EMS workers. Some are, and it was the men with the boats um, and the healthcare workers are always appreciated. Okay, can you hear me now? It says, yeah. my, okay, says my internet is unstable. So that's some external signal blocking, I think that's going on. Yeah, One you're in and out. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Okay, I'm going to switch. You're, you're in now. Mm. Okay, I, I'm going to just go ahead and switch so that hopefully we won't be going around and around. Can you hear me now? Yes. All right. 
One stranger received a thank you note for simply holding the hand of a young man and staying with him when he nearly died. The young man nearly died and a stranger held his hand and stayed with him to help Cain. A teacher gave another woman courage to speak out. That was a cause for thanks. And a young mother gave many thanks to an anesthesiologist whose quick actions kept her from hemorrhaging to death after childbirth. These actions describe valid reasons for being grateful to people who have done amazing things for others. Sometimes strangers are better to us than our own family, but no one deserves thanks more than Jesus. We thank Jesus for soul salvation, for redemption from slavery, from over, the ability to overcome sin, for payment of a debt that we could not pay. And I could go on and on and on, but I'll have to hold some of my mule for later. We've been studying the book of, in the, in the Bible in chronological order. And last week, we walked through the scriptures of the book of Colossians. I've always been uh, appreciative of the Pauline epistles because as, as a young mother, a young single mother, I was uh, given the charge from a television evangelist to read through the Pauline epistles. And every time I saw the words in whom, by, in him, by him, through him, in whom, that I should circle it or draw a square around it, because it was talking to me, it was talking about a benefit that I was having in Christ Jesus because the him or the whom is G was talking about Jesus. So I really have a deep appreciation for the Pauline epistles of which the book of Colossians is one. This letter was written to the church at Colossa during the apostle Paul's house arrest in Rome. Paul was concerned about the report that came to him about the state of the church at Colossae. There were false prophets and Judaizers who were causing confusion among the new Christians. And Paul wanted to clear up the confusion, though he had never personally been among those in this new church. Much like what is going on today, the Colossians were being challenged about the law, about circumcision and, and given philosophy, which amounted to the tradition of men and the way of the world. Today, we are challenged about gender as it is written in the Bible, song books, or even how we address God. Is God a man or a woman? Is he father or is he mother? Now, you see, that gives us opportunity to become quite confused if we didn't already know, if we had not already made the decision that we're going with the Bible that we have grown up with and that we have studied because that book tells us God is our father. And as our father, we recognize he's a man. Politics tell us to not call God any gender so that everyone will be comfortable. Do we worship one God or as many gods as we want? Do they all answer our prayers? In which Bible will we find the words that God, the creator spoke? There are many interpretations today and believe it or not, some of them 
don't tell us what God actually said. But that's not what we've been taught. Is God God or is God a higher power? Do all roads lead to God? If that's true, then any road would get you there. And that's truly not what we've been taught. The meaning of the law is challenged today, just like it was in, in the book of Colossians. Do we honor our mother and our father? Do we help them and care for them? Or do we leave them to fend for themselves? I'm, I'm deliberately using these comparisons and they are absolutely direct opposites of what we know is right. And what about our neighbor? Do we love them? Or do we join the criminals in attacking them? How many false accusations can be spread in a day about a person who stays in the house and keeps to themselves? It seems that all of us was going to going around. It seems that all of this was going around in 60 AD, which was during the time of the writing of this letter to the Colossians, and it's going around today, 2022. That's the very year in which we live. Paul preached Jesus and the offer of salvation through faith in Jesus's death, burial and resurrection in 60 AD. We preached the same Jesus and offered the same salvation through the actions of Jesus on the cross at Calvary today. The same blood that bridged the gap between man and God in 60 AD is needed today to grant us access through his blood. The growth of the church at Colossa and all of the other churches that were formed by the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ after Pentecost was subject to wane and the people would begin to fall away as a result of the challenges of the false prophets and the false doctrines that were being spread by the enemies of the cross. Remember, we celebrated Palm Sunday just last week, which commemorated the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey instead of a horse. The significance of the animal being written was that a donkey signifies peace. Jesus was coming to lead the people in peace, not with the Roman government, but with the almighty God. The battle with the Roman government, God would fight from heaven. Satan sought to sow confusion in the new church that had been founded on the truth about Jesus. When Satan was to, what Satan was to learn is that the light of Jesus Christ could not be put out. Jesus' marvelous obedience to God, the Father, translated man from the powers of darkness and eternal death to forgiveness, to light and eternal life. We can't get to redemption without the cross. The scripture tells us that by Jesus, we've been reconciled to God. And he brought us to a state of peace with God through blood of his cross, through the blood, through the blood of his cross. Let's look at some of the definitions to help us walk through these truths more easily. 
The word redemption is the act of saving. The world had to be saved from the power of Satan to keep man ensnared and entrapped in a life of sin. Satan had the power and he was using the power and he still uses the power to keep man ensnared and entrapped in sin. Without Jesus's actions, we would not have a hope of being free from this enslavement. The word reconcile means to restore a relationship, to bring back to harmony. The absence of harmony means the absence of peace. The world was at odds, separated from God because of sin. And really we can look back and realize that from the garden to the days of Noah, to the days of Abraham, and surely in the times of Isaac and Jacob and Esau, on through the settlement of the, uh, of the children of Israel in Egypt, and then in Babylon, and right on through today, there's always been the need to be rescued so that we could have reconciliation. So we were rescued, like from a burning building or a crash car, Jesus cut us free. Only our sins started the fire or caused the crash. We were at fault and Jesus took the blame. Not only did he take the blame, but Jesus made peace between us and God after our sins made us enemies with God. Our sins separated us from God and Jesus made it possible for us to be one with God again. What we are celebrating today and the reason we begin, began at Lent 40 days ago is because of the price that was paid. Now just think, what would you do if you had to take 40 days to pay one price, one, to pay one debt? Now, those of us who have purchased houses, it's been 35 years for some 20, for some 15. We only give 40 days to prepare ourselves for the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's a small price to pay, a small price to, uh, to deny ourselves of some of the pleasures of our life. Realizing that coming to, we were coming to a day to celebrate the one who gave up his life that we might live forever. After going through five trials and six hours, Jesus was not found guilty of anything, but was bound over to death on a cross to satisfy the Jews who were being used by Satan. Lies were told. Plots and schemes prevailed over even the conscience of Pilate. Jesus was beaten. His body was nailed to a cross. My study described five holy wounds, five sacred wounds, five precious wounds. These wounds were holy because of whose body was being nailed to the cross. Jesus' hands, and feet were nailed to the cross. 
There was a crown of thorns upon his head. Each of these were places from which blood ran down. You'll remember that in the days of the temple, well, we could even start in Egypt and the night of the Passover when Israel was scheduled to leave Egypt. Jesus, God had given instructions that a lamb was to be taken. That lamb had to be pure, it had to be unspotted. And he gave instructions on how to prepare that lamb for the sacrifice. On the night of the Passover, the lamb was to be slaughtered. Blood from the lamb was to be put on the lentils and the doorposts. And everyone in the house was to eat the meat of the lamb. God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over. So hanging on a cross, Jesus allowed his blood to drip down. And I can see with my spiritual eyes that as the blood hit the ground, it was spreading farther and farther across the world. Every time a drop hit the ground, another part of the globe was covered by the blood. By the end, Jesus was speared in his side. For you and for me, he died. Then those five wounds were wounds of, sacrifice, of sacredness. They were sacred because of the planned outcome that was ordained from heaven to redeem man and earth. The word tells us that in the lifetime of full, in the fullness of time, Christ came. And what that means is at the specific time that God had appointed before the world began, Jesus came. We can look back in the Old Testament and see signs of prophecy that Jesus was coming. But from the time that Isaiah prophesied that a, a savior was coming and all of the responsibility that was expected of him to the time that he told about him being wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities, hundreds of years passed. But then in the fullness of time, when God knew that if he didn't go ahead and do something, mankind would destroy themselves, Christ came. Jesus was there in the beginning. He saw every failure and act of disobedience of mankind. He heard the instructions given to Adam and Eve, to Moses and to the priests. Jesus knew about the Passover in Egypt and the mercy seat in the temple. He even knew which animals had been designated to be used for the atonement of the children of Israel. Jesus was not surprised of the virgin birth prophesied by Isaiah, nor was he surprised to know about the death on the cross and all of the sins that were being nailed on the cross with him. Gethsemane was the last stop before Calvary. Calvary was necessary before the tomb and the tomb had to come before the resurrection. And then these five wounds were precious. These wounds were precious because of the intended end result for your life and for mine. The victory that was won by Jesus in the grave And because of his resurrection, these five wounds didn't go away. 
Jesus walked around as a symbol of what had taken place on Calvary. Mankind could look at, the hand, at, at his hands and they could still see the wound in his feet. The crown that of thorns may have been gone, but the scars from the, from the thorns were still there. His back was still filled with the lashes that had taken place as he was taken from judgment hall to judgment hall. Thomas insisted that he wouldn't believe it was Jesus until he could touch those very scars. And you know what? Those scars could still be present today, reminding God the Father of Jesus's obedience, reminding God that the sins of the world had been taken upon the body of himself, his son. And every time the blood hit the ground, it covered the world. With the resurrection came redemption, reconciliation, and rights standing with the lover of our soul. We inherited these along with power of the Holy Spirit to become sons and daughters of God. We inherited a life of instruction from the one sent from heaven to walk with us and talk with us and remind us of who we are when we forget. We inherited a home in heaven with the Prince of Peace, the one through whose blood on the cross made it all possible. We can be at peace with God only because Jesus went the way of the cross. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me and you and your loved ones, your neighbors and your community and your state whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.